expansive. Pure Five Extraction. Pure Five Extraction, the best extraction system out there. Well, we'll get that on another podcast. It's on there. Just Google, go to our YouTube and Pure Five Extraction. There's a whole podcast on it. But we are here pleased to be uh, joined with a couple of really cool individuals. The big man on campus himself, Tyler, is yeah, with us. Right. And, and Doug. Doug is one of my heroes who I've met around the world in the cannabis industry. So I want you to learn a little bit who they are, what they do, their journey into cannabis, some of their latest projects, because they are men to know in the cannabis space. So let's start with uh, Doug. Dimitri, thanks for having me. Get a little closer there. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for stopping Back. by and joining us. Yeah, it's always good to be here. Um, so founder of Canix Jamaica, the business conference and expo that we hold annually in Montego Bay. Uh, a must that, attend. Yeah, 21st to the 23rd of September this year. Very excited for the plans that are afoot there. We're going to mix it up a little between cannabis and psychedelics and broaden the, the range of content that we cover in this fast-growing space. Uh, you love that you're involved in psychedelics. Yes, indeed. I invited you to come on the trip of the mountain and the mushrooms, the mountains, the mountains. You, you did. You did. We, we you do did. An, an annual mountain mushroom trip now for Thanks people. Thanks for the invite. You're invited <laughs> next time. It, it was I'm a, just finding out, you know, you know what I mean? we, late yeah. to the party. By the by. You guys are all invited, okay? <laughs> Everyone out there is invited. Just email me. Sorry, go ahead. Um, yeah, and separate from that, and speaking of psychedelics, so I've just um, launched Marley One, so I'm the CEO of that entity, and we are... Um, in functional mushrooms, psychedelic mushrooms, and we also do therapeutic psychedelic wellness retreats in Jamaica. So that's a, that's a big project we're very excited about. Functional mushrooms obviously give us the opportunity to take the Marley brand as iconic, legendary, and, and, and known the world over globally, educate people and expose them to functional mushrooms and its you know, extraordinary health benefits. And then we'll be launching Marley One Drop in a few months, which will be our psychedelic um, product. And that'll be in Jamaica, um, cultivated, grown, produced in Jamaica. We're very proud of that. Um, sold there legally. It's, it's legal to do so in Jamaica, which is very important with a brand like what we're doing. And then our wellness retreats, which are really very, um, you know, powerful and transformative experiences that we, that we, you know, support people in coming down and, and really getting in touch with themselves and helping them to sort of self-actualize a little bit. So it's very rewarding to do that. But, you know, that, that's where we are right now. That's our focus. That, that, that's incredible. And by the way, you're not just a man to know in Jamaica. You're spread throughout the Caribbean and your contacts are deep throughout the whole many Caribbean islands, right? Absolutely. You know, we, we, you know, we really, I feel very personally, very strongly that cannabis and now by extension, plant medicine, psychedelics offer the Caribbean, you know, a real path to, to growth and development for the people of the Caribbean. And I'm a little bit saddened that it's taken so long for you know, the governments and the other stakeholders to really recognize that the, what this opportunity represents. But, you know, we continue to push, you know, you, you, you keep pushing the, the, the mountain up the hill, so to speak. But ultimately, I think the benefits are so tremendous that it's going to be worthwhile and really support the region. Extracted Jamaican vapes, that's what we need to do and, and, and market them around the world once the regulations allow for it. There's exactly. so much to talk about uh, mushrooms and uh, so much to talk about concentrated mushrooms and concentrated and the mushrooms, yeah. uh, functional mushrooms and a lot of things, yep. a lot of good things coming in. This is the new industry that is coming in right now, uh, concentrating mushrooms, concentrating kratom, concentrating all these uh, powerful herbs yeah. besides cannabis because now everybody knows how to, do, how to deal with cannabis and the mushroom is the new challenge. So this absolutely... Well, I mean, they, they go together, you know, that's how we look at it, you know, in terms of like just a, a movement toward 
natural plant medicine derived solutions right. for people to have better health care, you know, so and that's, we see them very much together. I, I know you guys follow what we did with Ricky Williams and Jake Plumber Remembrance, and that whole concept was responsible substance use for healing and balance, whether it's cannabis or mushrooms or thousands of other herbs and remedies extracted or not extracted are can be used responsibly for individual excellence for wellness wellness centers i call it also elevation centers <laughs> not just healing centers elevation centers the first ever elevation center will be under my name uh -huh, you okay. can be an investor but speaking yeah. about speaking about money and the big man on campus it's good to see oh, you please. here and well you know money follows you you yeah. know it's like where should we go so, tyler tell us about yourself your journey into cannabis who you are and what you do yeah first off pleasure to be with you guys it's, it's been this, too long this is the first time he has been on our podcast it is which is a shame uh, i don't know how that happened yeah so um uh tyler berline I, i've been in the industry a, a decade now which it's freaking you know it's like dog years so um crazy uh long time in the space but i've been on the banking side of the fence uh and maybe as far down the rabbit hole as you could be on the financial services side i was with a company called hyper which many of you may know spent time with most banks and credit unions throughout the country over the last 10 years in the industry directly. That's right, um, Hyper. I yeah, totally forgot Hyper. Yeah, yeah, they just actually sold last week, they announced. You know, the Tyler, uh, are they sold? They sold, yeah. I remember Tyler more than I remember Hyper for some reason. I don't know yeah. why. Maybe so so um, I right. got I got the opportunity to join Safe Harbor Financial about a year and a half ago. Um, and for those that don't know the story, Partner Colorado Credit Union is one of the first institutions in the country to bank this. They started Safe Harbor as the cannabis banking arm, really, and that entity just went public, uh, the first financial services company to go public on NASDAQ. Uh, so we did that, I believe, last September or October, and it's been a phenomenal ride. So we, we bank the industry nationwide. If anyone tells you they can't find a bank account, I'm here to tell you that's absolutely false. Uh, they can call me anytime. We're happy to, to help. Again, we bank all state legal markets, and we're actively lending. So we're lending on real estate. Uh, we're launching a line of credit products and we're going to be launching a series of products to really help this industry. I mean, it's kind of nice because we see it from the banking side, but we also get to see where things are headed. And so a lot of what we've done, we've done over the last year is kind of skating to the puck, to use a hockey analogy. And uh, we're excited about some of the products we're bringing to market. Doug's um, over thinking like, Dimitri's not an athlete. You're way over his head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No, you're good. Uh, we established that earlier already. Not air hockey. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about the real hockey. You know? I am who I... Oh, air hockey athlete. Yeah. yeah. I bet you're amazing at that sport. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. That and putt-putt. Back to the banking. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, again, um, Sorry, we're just... We're, we're excited to be on NASDAQ. Um, we're excited incredible. to bring stability to the market from a banking and lending standpoint. Um, that's actually... I'm, I'm speaking on that here in a couple hours of the show. So that, That's fantastic. And so... I mean, when you say lending, I mean, it's probably people watching this like, I need to reach out to him. He has reasonable rates. Does he have reasonable rates? Yeah. How much does that cost me? I mean, how does that look nowadays for, for lending into the cannabis space? Is it, is it like, you know, is it? It's actually, it it's, it's very much like traditional industry. So I, I would say we underwrite loans based on what a traditional commercial lender would. Mm -hmm. we're, a, we're under, you know, I guess financial institution regulation. So, but the beauty of that is our rates are... Uh, I would say far less than what a, a third-party uh, capital company would charge in the space. So I would say we're slightly above traditional bank rates, but we're still in a lot of our loans. We're in the single-digit range, which in today's world, when you know rates have been hiked up dramatically over the last year, 
you know, the industry hasn't really had access to that. So. so let me give you a hypothetical. I have a guy who has a license that's worth $10 million fire sale. He might think it's worth $20 million. He has no. unencumbered, no, no, check out. Yeah. It's, it's unencumbered, no debt. Yep. But he needs a uh, million dollars to build out a new dispensary. And he can collateralize that the license illegally collateralize it towards you guys. Would you guys lend him a million dollars? We're not necessarily lending on license value yet. Okay. We're lending on real estate. So okay. we're going to look at the real estate collateral and evaluate mm. that to determine whether or not we're going to we're going to extend financing. Yeah, but you and I both know it's a good bet. I look there are there are ways. No, I'm not saying it's legal or it's, yeah, it's there yeah, yet. yeah. No, and, and again, we've got to we've got to stay within a certain criteria okay. from a, a regulatory standpoint. It is what it is. But you know, I'd say that's one of the things that we're we're actively taking a look at, and yeah. we understand that's a huge opportunity for the industry and for us. Mm-hmm. And so I think you know down the road that's something we may be able to do. But you're on top of that, which is important because yes. people like think to themselves, "Oh, I've got this asset; it's worth, you know, it can be valued at five hundred thousand, ten million dollars in Arizona. I've got no debt on it. You know, why can't I lend, lend, borrow against it? Yep. You know, but you'll be the first guy to figure that out. Yeah, we will. Yeah, okay. and, and it's something we've, I, you know, I would say, again, I, you know, for a decade now, anytime someone's called for help, I've helped them. You know, yeah. tried to, and and so you know, if you're in a scenario where you have a unique outside of the box scenario like that. I can probably help in but, some way, shape, but, or but it shouldn't be. I mean, I know it is. I mean, George is talking about lending on machines. You guys lend on machines. We do. Yeah. So we're, so we're getting topic. into every aspect of lending in this space, whether it be equipment financing or accounts receivables or, and we may do some of that stuff directly. We may do it through strategic relationships, but uh, we are, we're building a full financial service suite for the industry that I would say goes above and beyond what the current offerings are for this space. And by the way, his extraction machines are like those fine eggs from Russia. They go up in value. What are those eggs called? <laughs> what are those eggs called from Russia that go up in value? Matryoshka? I don't know. I don't know. There's a, like, there's Fabergé. Like, yeah, there you go. Look at <laughs> oh. Fabergé. There you go. <laughs> that, that's, that's what happens when you have a classical good education. We do not <laughs> finance Fabergé eggs, unfortunately. <laughs> no, but his extraction <laughs> Yeah, machines. no, I know. So, what about international, Tyler? Do you guys do anything? We don't do anything international yet. Uh, but again, I think that's on the road, Matt. There's so much opportunity right now, especially with the equity markets being hammered the way they have. There's such a need here in the U.S. that we're really focused on executing for that, gaining those relationships from a banking standpoint, um, and really, you know, I would say owning the real estate, right? Because then we can bring all of those other product feature sets through that ecosystem in a very timely manner. And it, it's going to benefit everybody. Now, I'll say this, you know, and I, I say this more because of the team I get to be around. I don't believe there will be a better situation for operators anywhere in the country from a, a feature set and offering standpoint over the next 18 to 24 months than with Safe Harbor Financial. And it, that sounds selfish, but it's, it's, I would say that even if, based on what I know, I would say that even if I wasn't with the company. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and certainly just talking to you about about finances and lending and the industry, you know, they acquire. I wonder how many people call you and say, I just want to talk to him for an hour, pick his brain for yeah, his expertise. Yeah, a lot. A lot? A lot. I'm sorry. It's good. Don't it's, call I, him unless you're no, serious. No, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. It's, no, but you are a teacher. Um, well, I, I think we all, like, if, if you've been in it long enough, just by default, you know things that other people wouldn't, right? And so anytime that can be used to help somebody, I'm all for it. And and you know, a lot of states are just starting up. So all these are new companies. They don't have two years of business or anything like that. Is there mercy for those guys? Um, Yeah, I think so. 
it's interesting in every new market, and, and you can you've seen this too. And Douglas, I know you've had some experience too. Every new market makes the same mistakes, right? It's just like the same the same bad actors run in. They convince people wow. to go down a certain path. They make the same mistakes. They that. implode, and then they have to rebuild. And that's when we get involved. You know right. what I mean? Unfortunately, so. We're trying to stay ahead of those things and try and give people resources so they can make better decisions out of the gates or have better resources, right? Because, um, look, we want to see those those markets succeed from the onset, right? Because oh, yeah. it helps everybody. Every um, new license holder should call you first for that free hour con- consultation. <laughs> I'd do it. I'd do it. I mean, I, I would. Think- I would do it because it pains me to get the frantic phone call from somebody when things go bad. And it's a great, I mean, even if, even if one deal happens out of like three weeks of education, you're helping the industry, you're helping these individuals and you get your deal after like three weeks. Even of- if we didn't, I, I, I just oh, like knowing that people have access to good info, it can make good decisions, you know, that stuff, you know, that stuff like that. pays forward at some point and mm-hmm. you know, when or how, who cares? I love the spirit. He's got a chapter in my book. I might give you a chapter in my book. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, but you got to have that spirit of giving. You know, yeah. giving is success. And to be able to have something to give, then you're successful. Well, it's a cycle, right? It comes right back to you. So, I mean, when you, that's how I look at it. You know, right. it's just helping somebody who needs the help. And yep. I, you have to worry about when it comes back because it just shows up sometimes like, holy smoke, it's like, what a gift. I'm but more the like gift the, is, you know, the, you've already planted I'm the more seed. like the big bang, bang itself. I'm not sure what's ever coming back to me. And I really don't care. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So, cycle is good. I get that. Like, that might be also because you're scared of what might come back to you. So you just like <laughs> yeah, disassociate from jump. He, he, he yeah, but, but Dimitri, look at, look at, hey, look back about, look, look at where you started and look at what meat has become already. Right. Yeah, so, we've had a good run. so that's, and you've paid it forward. I've watched you do it. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not, you know, you just saying the word, you've done it. I've seen you do it. I see uh, you do it every day. So. I, I, I go by that old quote. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. So I assume everybody else hasn't found what they're yeah. looking for. So we shall help each other find what we're looking for. That's kind of like the, 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 the mantra behind Mita. But let's talk a little bit more. I mean, you are the financial guy. You are the expert. I feel as we dipped into that a little bit. And if you're a license holder out there, especially a recent license holder, uh, acquirer, somebody who just came into that, that, uh, that, that newfound license, call you to talk to you about the financial aspects of it, right? Is that? Yeah, I mean, I can, so we can help from, a, you know, in a myriad of ways. So we can, we can bank you immediately, right? Which is, you know, one hurdle overcome. And then, you know, again, happy to advise on best course of action, even if it's that, if it's not with us, you yeah. know what I mean? If, if somebody has a specific capital need and we can't fill that void, I'm going to tell them where to go to get it, and you know? You know, one thing, I can, and this is, that might be too high level, we don't have much time, but... I think a lot of people want to get into the publicly traded route, like either Canadian Stock Exchange or plan to set themselves up for eventually the federal stock exchange will come with federal legalization. Sure. Is that something that you guys are are dabbling at all, consulting at all? Is that something that we reach out to you about? We're we're not consulting, but we're fortunate to have like one of our board members is Richard Carlton from the CSE. Okay. You know, so we have that expertise. Right. I would say quasi in-house. And again, because we touch everything... We get to see everything. And so, you know, if somebody needs to have that conversation, you know, the Barrington Millers of the world or the Richard Carlton's are a phone call away. Right. Right. And so it's very easy for us to facilitate that introduction and and get them what they need. And we're happy to do that again to benefit the ecosystem. 
Right. And that I can see a lot of companies, especially when it goes federally legal. Yeah. There's going to be 5,000, 15,000 companies that are going to be racing around trying to figure out how to get to the stock exchange sure. first. Not the Canadian one, but the you know the national one. Yeah. So, I mean, you're a great resource for that. So, I'm just wondering if you guys are... Yeah, I mean, that's something that, that we've done in the past and we'll continue to do for people. You know what I mean? So, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, it's an exciting time for everyone. even even though the market's depressed. I see from a strategic standpoint, you know, some of the smaller state operators starting to expand and really gain market share. Mm. So as some of the bigger guys are having issues, that creates opportunity. It's 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 a really interesting. Even at this show, like just seeing some of the meetings that are occurring and the conversations that are happening, it's going to be a fascinating next eighteen months. It's yeah. exciting. Yeah, and uh, you know, you, it's interesting. You said markets are depressed, but it seems like retail is doing pretty well. Though. It is. Yeah, that's kind of like the place to be. I think if you're in a limited license market, and I know that's not, that's not where you want the industry to go, and and I understand. But from an investor standpoint, if you're in a limited license market, you know, I think the opportunity is only growing, right? right. Um, in in you know whether it be a conversion from medical to rec or or a medical market just continuing to grow from a patient count base there's a ton of opportunity and, and I think, you know, I think it's a time to be, be very bullish in those markets still. Yeah. And I'm just not a fan of limited licensing and licensing caps. Cause I think it's sure. kind of like something Adam Smith wouldn't agree on, you know, and, and he identified that problem because the monarchies back in the 17th century were essentially licensing structures yeah. that only allowed a certain individual family to control the licenses for all the goods, commodities, services within that kingdom. And so when you create licensing structures that are limited, you're sort of recreating the monarchies that Adam Smith and Voltaire and the French Revolution and the Enlightenment and the American Revolution and all these things kind of preached against. Well, we'll look so. at the MSOs. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're acquiring their their footprint is limited license markets across the board. Right. And they've done that because those are the most defendable businesses and the safest from an investment standpoint. Yeah. And, 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 and to me, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's just I get a little bit miffed when people get actively involved in manipulating politicians or the regulatory structure to their own advantage or that, writing or writing the legislation that even, leads to recreation you know even and i see that and we have in, in florida situation in arizona situation i see that but it also that you know i can say hey that led to legalization and freedom and and and, and choice for a lot of consumers and patients so it's a good thing but once it's created and once the government once the adults once the representatives and, and legislators get involved and start looking like what kind of market structure we want if you start manipulating that away from a free market, that's when you kind of like actively do something to me that's wrong. Sure. That's, that's just my personal philosophy. But part, but part of that too, Dimitri, is like, you know, you're trying to give the market training wheels. You know, what's going to attract the capital to build the market out as opposed to what's the, you know, what's the real utopian scenario? Right. You know what I mean? And I think we're in a situation, and you're looking at it across a number of industries now, we're really having to ask ourselves whether free markets really are free. You know, is a barrier to entry because of the capital pool, the sort of size of market share that some of these entities have really open. So, I mean, look, I, I'm all for on one on one side of it, an open market. On the other side of it, from a practical standpoint, I say, how can some of these businesses get off the ground, be properly funded with the patient capital to say, you're going to fall, you're going to trip, you're going to stumble and we're going to get you back on track because this is a longer term play versus the first time you, you fall, I'm pivoting out because I'm going to lose my money. Yeah, you know, I, you need it's a balance game there. You know, maybe I'm a, like the like the the tough love father. Let them fall, let them trip, let them stumble. Move along, son. There's somebody else coming behind but, you. But I think I think to Douglas's point, the folks that 
you know, and I'll, like, let's use social equity as an example. If a social equity person gets licensed in a market that's limited, their ability to raise capital for that operation is going to be far greater in a limited environment than it is in Oklahoma. Absolutely. Right? And so I think that's the, that's the trade-off here where it's a, you know, it's, I think we're all trying to figure out how to thread the needle still. Right. And that's an absolute reality. And, 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 the real, and, and what happened with me, one of the reasons why I become such an advocate of Ruby licensing caps is I saw 4,000 individuals in Arizona who applied, went through courses, paid money, social equity eligible, who wanted to participate, and only 26 got to participate. So the dreams, hopes, ambitions, skills, expertise of those 4,000 individuals got left on the sideline. And that's just not the America or cannabis industry that I want to promote. And I totally agree with you. Training wheels are fine, and, and, and starting a structure that way is fine. But it's when you get in there with the lobbyists and you start telling people that it has to be this way. No, don't open up manufacturing. Don't open up cultivation. Don't open up retail. Don't open up the borders. But here's the flip side. If every one of those people got licensed, how many do you think survive in the next six to 12 months? Who cares? Let them let them go. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but that's... Don't a, invest in them. No, I, I'm just saying like it's it's a, you know, it's a catch-22. No, no, it really it really is. And, and it's, a, it's a very much a open for discussion, open for debate. It's an economic question that's been going on since maybe the first uh, set of uh, apes came out of the tree and one said, no, I got a license for the savannah <laughs> and I'm going to eat the heads of the squirrels and all you guys yeah. need to, I have license for the squirrels and the savannah. You guys stay up there, the nuts and berries. I mean, I think even, saying, even, in, even yeah. in a limited market, it's about getting it to a place where there's some degree of confidence that the path to getting the license is fair, you know, as opposed to... That's another conversation. As a, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that, that's a whole other consideration. Yeah. So that, like, in getting a, a market in a new industry off the ground, I think you need to look at some of those considerations because 4,000 people chasing capital is, is, is you well, know, you might get drips and drabs as opposed to somebody saying this is a good business with a good potential operator. Let's give them the resources they really need to get to where they're trying to get to, you know? Not to mention, I mean, if you think about it, if you look at limited license markets in the bidding process, I mean, we're in a world now where there's so much competition that you're probably spending between the license process, uh, uh, getting the real estate tied up. I mean, you're probably in a quarter million to a half million dollars to submit a viable bid in some of these states. And there's no guarantee whatsoever that you're going to win. So the people that have the capital to expend on, you know, to, to, to take that chance, they're limited. You know what's really cool? Is this the kind of conversations that happen at Benzinga when we're chatting or when we're having coffee, chatting, walking around. So it's great that we got to share this with the audience. I just want to get a quick take from George. You come from an Eastern European country where licensing was kind of limited by certain individuals. What do you think about the whole subject that we've been discussing? Well, this is a light year ahead of you. So uh, <laughs> whatever's happening here probably going to be two years from now in, in Europe. And uh, Germany is doing that this year. So once German opens, is like California, United States. Everybody's going to follow. And we're going to see that process in the next five years in, in Europe. Step by step, it's going to be turning in. Yeah, so that's all going to happen in Germany. What do you think? Limited licensing or more open market? What do it's you going see? to be limited licensing because they it's don't going have to this, be that way. Yeah. this uh, federal thing uh, that we have in there. So Big Pharma is in. So a lot of things are going to be run by Big Pharma, but there's going to be also the boutique guys coming up uh, in the market. So there's going to be two parts happening there with uh, the drug market and with the boutique recreational market. And uh, they're going to 